Dr. Fauci. Give us vaccines. Help all the people who have been quarantined. We'll wear our masks and we'll have to stay distant. We'll wash our hands and we'll be more resistant. Fauci. Yes, I'm just as pleased. We'll have a cure that can fight off this disease. Restrictions will lift with some So, as I'm sure you guys just heard, um, there's there's a problem. We we have a we have an issue with a sort of cottage industry of slightly overproduced but really shitty, like left liberal songs. There's too many of them, folks. It's they're the children's books of of music. There's too many of them. And we need to stop producing them until we can figure out what the hell is going on with anyone that's making them. I just, I don't know what would possess someone in the year 2021 to make a song defending Dr. Fauci, who at this point in time has long since moved past begging people to wear masks and stay inside and is now hard at work protecting the patents for the COVID vaccines that could potentially save, you know, millions of lives. Total freak. He is trying, he's upholding intellectual property at the expense of people's lives. So maybe if it was a year ago and people were trying to defend Dr. Fauci, no, and say, oh, it would no, be stupid then. It okay, in hindsight, it would have been stupid, but I mean, at that stage, you know, well, defending the, him, the but United's, making a sand right, song, just making the song, making the song would have been stupid either way, but I'm saying. You're in a much better position to defend Dr. Fauci a year ago from now. An ode to my geriatric right homosexual crush. <laughs> he... This isn't seeking derangements, but um, yeah, Fauci, if you're out there, um, I'm a willing test subject. Okay, um, no, like, no, 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 if you wanna, no. I made like, the if joke. You wanna MK, if you want to like MK Ultra me or like whatever, like I- I'm free. Um, don't please don't text Malcolm back, um, but anyway, um, oh my god, Lord. I don't look, I don't get it. I mean, there was the like everyone bagged on the DNC fight song from like 2016, which, I mean, it was Fair. very funny, yeah. And it's like what the yeah the 2017 DNC like God, that's a twenty. That must have been a de- pretty depressing show. <laughs> Who was in? There wasn't enough. I, I don't. I think it what wasn't it 2017. No, it was 2016. Was it the 20... Okay, so it was the 2016... So it, it was like, all right, we're gearing up. We're going to win the most important election of our lives. Donald Trump is literally a fascist. Um, and, you know, we got to we gotta make something here. Elizabeth four Banks, years, Ben Platt, Chrissy I mean, they Pitt, had Astrid Dean, Hannah Mae Lee, John Michael Higgins, Kelly Jekyll, Mike Tompkins, Shelley Regner... Asia Tyler, Alan Cumming, America Ferrara, Billy Porter, Connie Britton, Alan Green. Wait, America Ferrara was in that? Are you yep. kidding me? Oh, no, it gets worse, my friend. Uh, oh, Gary that... Clayton, okay. Ian Summerholder, okay. Dina Menzel. But America Ferrara, she created the the, sto- the show Superstore, right? It's like Brooklyn Nine-Nine set in a Walmart. I don't know. But there's like a lot... There's a ton of episodes of like... Because I only know this because I binge-watched it. But... um ton of episodes um 
about like unions and how the store is trying to unionize but oh it's okay amy who's america ferrera's character will just take a job at corporate and make things better Hmm. for the people in the store lovely and they also have an episode where they're like, oh, it's kind of fucked up that our, our health insurance doesn't really cover anything. Let's start a little uh, a little health fund. But, oh, wouldn't you know it? Everyone's using the health fund for frivolous things, and then someone gets really hurt, and they can't actually afford it. Oh, lovely. It's a truly demonic show. No wonder I mean, she's it made is, America. So, yeah, Adina Menzel. It is, it is pure, yeah, well, it is just pure, like dnc brain yeah adina like, Menzel, it, it's pure it's pure buddha judge brain jamie king jane fonda jesse tyler ferguson josh lucas i recognize that name um yeah i think if you recognize more than about american seven psycho names on there, oh was you he should the gay be guy in american psycho anyways julie bowen kathy najimi christian chenoweth mandy moore mary mccormack mary louise parker nikki reed renee fleming rob reiner sia tr knight oh and also Yadlan herself so, so Sia went straight from, like, I, she would, like, get done DNC recording her part of a fight song to just, like, doing her best to marginalize and destroy any chance at autistic people being treated, like, normally in, in society. I mean, that, that rocks. That she, she went straight from producing fight song for the DNC, just probably right back to making her incredibly ableist movie. Uh, yeah. I think that's, that's really so cool. cool. I mean, good for her. That's just her, you know, securing the bag. Yeah. I think out of any recording artist, I would be least surprised to see Sia recording an album and selling it as an NFT. Hey, Hillary Clinton used this a lot, this song a lot. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, she's, she's it's her fight song. Fight she's, song she's was definitely... named the official theme song of the 2016 IIHF World Women's Under-18 Championship. That's hockey. Helen St. Catherine's oh, that, Ontario. No, that, okay, then that's cool. Helen St. Catherine's that's Ontario. A good, that's a solid use of that song, because I, the the women's tournaments do not get, the IHF women's tournaments do not get nearly enough coverage, and so I think, you know, give them some licensing rights, play some songs, get some people in the seats. I really, women's hockey absolutely rocks. Women's hockey rocks. I'm a big Michaela Grant Mantis fan. I just love the Toronto Six. Yeah. Um, nice name, too, for the team. That is a cool name. Um... Fight Song was named the official theme song for the 2015 Rise Above Cancer campaign that appeared on most WWE shows. Oh, speaking of the WWE, here's a fun fact that I didn't know. Have you seen that video of John Cena announcing to the WWE crowd that Obama had, like, killed Bin Laden? Yeah. He announced that before the White House did. (laughs) So you're telling me that John Cena... Okay, so that I guess that ties in his appearance in the Fred movie because Fred, the YouTube star, um, the, one of the first CIA psyop YouTubers, um, he actually it makes sense that there's the connection there because John Cena was in the the movie that someone made. What was he Fred. doing in the um, Fred movie? He, he plays Fred's dad. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Fred, widely known to be the first uh, CIA psyop on YouTube. Uh, Vosh and socialism done left and a lot of the and she one had a lot of those bread tubers proceeded to be uh cia assets in in the aftermath but fred was obviously the first and then yeah john cena having that inside line i think john cena like it's obviously like in the movie john cena is fred's father but i think in real life john cena is like fred's handler mm. and like he it's sort of like a, a fugue state that he can make him go in that john cena can make fred go He's into like a sleeper agent 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he can like Manchurian candidate him yeah. into like making incredibly annoying like viral videos from like two thousand nine. And then it was sort of like his Fred's videos were sort of like um it you know was... those like Soviet radio stations in the Cold War that yeah. just like broadcast a series of numbers? And like every occasional numbers would just be like codes and no one knew what they were. It's like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's an information overload and then you know, some of them would be sort of limited hangout for operations that were going on. So that other President CIA, Kennedy. yeah, other other CIA assets on YouTube could uh, figure out like what their marching orders were, so they wouldn't have to go through any. So sort that's of what channel. Poppy was parodying. Yeah, mm. yeah. That makes so sense. So I think, um, I think you know, it's kind of boring nowadays. Like it's a lot more professional um, in terms of the CIA operations on YouTube. I mean, they now have an actual channel, which they didn't used to. Hey, do you know the um, Duke and Duchess of Cambridge started a YouTube channel today? Really? I, I hope they have... I, I hope that they'll have a main channel and a vlogs channel. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up, Today guys? Today we're it's meeting boy. a German ambassador to the United Kingdom. We're gonna <laughs> totally prank him. Gone wrong. Today, today, today we're meeting with uh, Rudolf Hess, um, great friend of ours. We will be... Uh, he'll be touching down in his Messerschmitt 110 later today. Um... We'll be talking to him about our views on the war. Lord, well, that was that, that was the other guy. That yeah, that was I, that that wasn't Cambridge, was it? That was no, no, uh, no, no, no. So that was that was who was he? Who was it that he was trying to meet? Rudolph he was Hess? trying to meet one of the the member of the royal family that was like anti-war. Oh well, that would be uh, former King Edward VIII. So he was I, king for less than a year and then he wanted to marry a twice divorced american and so they made him abdicate because you can't be the head of the church of england and a divorcee now obviously that's gonna change when charles becomes king but it was the 1930s and the widespread opinion is that it was unfair that he had to abdicate but thank god he did because the guy just like sucked uh he met hitler um so uh yeah i think he was trying to to talk to him to try and get the war to end because yeah. you know they, they the nazis wanted to invade russia and they didn't want to be fighting a war with britain yeah so this this um nazi higher up just like flew his own plane hitler second alone yeah big eyebrows just flew his own plane alone to britain and then ended up crashing after he got intercepted by spitfires the real question is who had bigger eyebrows rudolf hess or brezhnev those men look identical. Uh, Brezhnev had Brezhnev was closer to a cool ideology, so I think I would say uh, probably Brezhnev, just right. pure power. Yeah, fair enough. Um, okay. But speaking of speaking of the CIA on YouTube, yeah. um, we're a little bit late to this. Everyone's kind of made their their goofs on this. It's like a, I mean, we can play it. You know, I, I, no, we're not playing. Worst it. case Let's scenario, worst case there. scenario, the CIA will kick will kick in my door for copyright infringement. But I think they've got. They're running more complicated ops through me, so I don't think they'd be willing to, to burn one of their assets like that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, you know, what would this profile look like if it was, like, Ted Kaczynski? Like, if they did it for all their agents? Like, <laughs> I was born in Chicago. I am Polish. I am the son of a draft dodger. I am a Harvard graduate. I am a UC Berkeley mathematics professor. I am gender. I am a gender dysphoric, greatest generational man who has been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. 
I am capable of commanding spaces on airplanes as well as in the homes of various university professors. I will continue resisting industrial society, and my belongings will be auctioned for no less than $230,000. Yeah. Look. I don't know. I think... No, go ahead. I, I just think, like, yeah, people really, like, had a sort of knee-jerk reaction to the original video because it is, like, the, you know, the jokes that, like, left Twitter, like, the Chapo Trap House subreddit would make in 20, like, late 2018, early ni- 2019 about, like, girl boss CIA agents. All coming true. It is, like, it, they are all just completely prophetic, like... Making fun of, you know, thinking back like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if Kamala Harris tells the Guatemalan president that the reason everyone's leaving uh, Guatemala is because of uh, of how homophobic they are and for no other reason than that? Like, it's all just coming true, yeah. right? Like, they're, they're just exercising their power, I guess. Yeah. You know, because what's anyone going to do? I don't know. You know, it's like they like I I would imagine Kamala knows her Guatemalan history enough to know what happened there in the fifties. Yeah, she's a smart lady. Yeah, like the thing is, a lot of the time people misrepresent them as being like like dumb. They're not dumb. They're not. They Joe know Biden exactly what they're doing. Is not dumb. He's no, probably he, not even demented. It's probably an op. That would be incredibly funny to <laughs> if they're just like telling him. Yeah, just completely, like, sound mind, but they're just getting him to do it as a bit so that people get mad, and then they can say, no, he just has a stutter, you're being ableist. They do that, and it reinforces, it's sort of like how uh, calling Trump supporters uh, deplorables sort of really reinforced the, um, their supporters, like uh, yeah. Trump supporters. Yeah, because it gave them an it gave them an identifier. Exactly, and so if you are like pretending that, uh, like if you get Trump supporters to call Joe Biden uh, demented, and then everyone can yeah, rally around being like, Joe. "No, this guy's like a uh, sound of mind." There you yeah. go. Oh, he just has a stutter, which he didn't happen to have when he was rallying everyone for the war in Iraq. You know, when he was twenty years younger. Yeah. Um. Look, I saw, and I think I sent this to you, a, uh, a, a very funny tweet, and I think the person who tweeted it did it completely unironically, that was a reply to a video of this that said, I tried to get a job with the CIA, but the interview abruptly ended when I mentioned I'm a socialist. That That is probably my favorite tweet that you've sent me for a while, because I was, I, I remember I told you this, but like, what do you gain by saying that? Who does that tweet appeal Guys, to? Guys, I found Vosh. There's burner. not... Because, like, if you... <laughs> if you want... If you want to score points... Like, saying... If you want to score points with leftists, saying, I tried to get a job for the CI... Like, that's what it seems like. It seems like whoever made that post is trying to, like... I don't know. Like, appeal to socialists yeah. and be like, oh, I tried to join the CIA, but they said I couldn't because I'm a socialist. And it's like... Why would a socialist join the CIA? And you're and you're saying that you're a socialist, so you're not going to get any traction from like the right wing cranks who are anti CIA because like not to go all like destiny or whatever, but like those guys have a have points, you know. Yeah. 
I would much rather have to deal with someone who doesn't like the institutions of the U.S. for the wrong reasons than someone who loves them way too much, as a general rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, who is that post for? It's just, it's mind-boggling. I can't think of a single person who would be, who would laugh along at that tweet and be like, hell yeah, dude. Well, how many likes does it have? 171. That's incredible. Um, look, it's just, haha, you know, I'll get 171 likes on this one. CIA got owned. Look, this is just Marxist-Leninist Hooverism. It's a real thing. <laughs> right? Like, you're, you're, he, this guy is trying to uphold J. Edgar Hoover thought. You're, you're, you're def- actually, you know what, um, I'm more a fan of Marxist-Leninist, Hooverist, uh, Dolezian thought, mm. um, it, 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 you know, with, uh, with Nixonist characteristics. You know, the House of Un-American, the House Un-American Activities Commission was the real people's court where decadent bourgeois liberals were punished the- for their bourgeois <laughs> decadence. Oh, we're going full Shining Path, are we? <laughs> Hell Hello, yeah. my name is Pedro Castillo, nice to meet you. Um, I mean, it's just, I think, um, if we're, you know, we're going to talk, um, left-wing South American politics, I think we, we would be remiss to not talk about Colombia because it's incredible seeing the wave of internet activism that is unsure of how to approach the protests in Colombia. You're so right. I mean, so it's not that they're unwilling to approach it, but they'll say like, here's a video of someone getting shot in the street in Colombia. This is a bad thing. We need to do something about this. And it's like... Cool. That's the U.S.'s guy doing it. Yeah. It's their guy. It's... It's Ivan... Duque. You coached me on this before. Duque Marquez. Ivan Duque Marquez is the U.S.'s guy in Colombia. I mean, when we talked about the the attempted, like, the Bay of Chuds invasion in uh, Venezuela... Those guys were trained, and the guerrillas were trained and found in Colombia. Yeah. Like, they, Colombia acts as, you know, I don't want to, they're not necessarily the epicenter of U.S. ops in South America. Oh, they are. They're definitely a, an ally. No, they are. They are the epicenter of U.S. ops in South America. If it's not Brazil, it's Colombia. Like, all of that I would, drug I would, shit. I would say it's more Brazil. Yeah, like, all I mean, of that yeah, the, cocaine. I mean, yeah, the drug trade. All of that drug shit that the CIA was doing, that's Colombia, right? Like, Colombia right, has but, been... As the, the America's most steadfast ally in the region, basically since the early 1900s. Um, but yeah, so what is going on? So up to 30 people. I mean, I wrote this script two days ago, so it's probably more uh, at this point. Up to 30 people have been killed in Colombia um, by police as a sort of general strike and protest. There enters its second week. Um, the strike was against right, the tax but, reform bill, but but because that because the sort of online activists, you know, or I'm excluding myself from this because I'm smart and cool and based. Yeah, because we have um, good opinions. I mean, like, the, the general... Yeah, we have good opinions and everyone else has bad ones. Yeah. But I, I would say, in general, a lot of people are unwilling to talk about the other half of what's happening in Colombia, which is a general strike. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't have an idea of what that looks like, or if you've never been taught what they are, or, you, you know, you don't know that that's a thing you can do... Of course, you're good. Just gonna say, "Oh, look, the police people are protesting against uh, a new tax bill," and you know they're getting shot in the street for it. And that's obviously like that's bad. I'm not trying to downplay that, but I'm saying if you're not looking at it in the context of a general strike, I mean, when you see people calling for a general strike on Twitter, they don't realize, I think, that this is what will happen. 
Uh-huh. Even in America. Right? Like, what... Right. There was the mildest of protests in large part for police reform. I mean, I'm not saying that's what's good, but I'm saying a lot of those protests were co-opted to be, yeah, we want to reform or just defund instead of abolish the police. And look where that got them. Look where that got those protests. Yeah, and we're going to talk if about you want a general to strike in America later. If you want to talk about a general strike, you have to be ready to acknowledge that hundreds or thousands of people are going to die yeah. before any meaningful change happens. Now, it's South America, so they've got a long political tradition of massacring crowds, but um yeah, no, I and, and right, even in it's... America. So, we're going to talk about relations to other protests uh in a bit, but I just want to sort of explain a little bit about what's going on. I'm going to turn on my sort of historian brain. Uh history major brain i can't call myself historian yet um and sort of explain what's sort of a situation in colombia what's going on there so um yeah this was against a tax reform bill uh put in place by this u.s backed president ivan duque marquez this guy's sketchy as hell but so the tax reform bill i'm going to talk about it later it's essentially a bill that makes it easier to tax poor people or, or rather it lowers the threshold of where you're not taxed anymore uh because colombian colombia's government is out of money because of covid and economic troubles and stuff like that so the president um when this president is basically a dictator he's super sketchy and there's evidence that he was not put in place by an actual democratic election so let me explain uh when investigating a cartel-linked murder of a drug trafficker who is a friend of of duque's it was discovered that former president and Duque's mentor, Alvaro Uribe, had engaged in a vote-buying scheme in Duque's favor. So I want to talk about right. Uribe for a second. So, so you know, we need to uh, actually stop the Colombian steal. Exactly. We're going we're, we're gonna to do a stop the steal protest uh, in, in Roblox in, in Colombia. Except it was but, the far um, back guy rather than the right winger who got it. I mean, from. yeah. And this this former president himself was fairly sketchy. I mean, he's he's most well known for defeating the Fuerzas Armadas Revolucion Revolucionarias de Colombia, or the FARC, who were the guerrilla group that fought against the U.S. backed regime, you know, dictatorship regime. In and the 60s. even now that it's ostensibly, I, I wouldn't call it a dictatorship, but I would call it a regime at this point. Yeah, you know, as the U.S. loves to do, but I would say, yeah, the regime in Colombia. They so this guy Uribe was famous for defeating the FARC and you know quote unquote bringing peace to Colombia, but that you know came at the cost of massacring thousands upon thousands of innocent civilians. Yeah, I mean it was it was essentially they did the war on terror against the FARC against their own people. Yeah. Um. So between two thousand two and two thousand ten, uh, thirty five hundred to ten thousand people. Uh, mostly either poor people or mentally ill people, were lured to the countryside by the military with promises of employment. Um, then they were murdered and presented as guerrilla members so that the officers could gain bonuses. Uh, Uribe allegedly knew about this. Um, and he tried I mean, his best like, and largely succeeded when this I came know, out to squash the is, investigations. This is like mostly like a, a sort of it's something that the U.S. like 
that U.S. leftists don't really talk about, like the fact that the U.S. will just like commit atrocities on the level of 9-11 like every day. Or at least they'll let their proxies do it in this case. Right, they'll let their proxies do it. And as long as, you know, the the resources keep flowing out of these countries and they, they still all accept that the U.S. is, the U.S. dollar is the ultimate currency... As long as they do all those things, and as long as they keep, you know, exporting their resources, they have. There's no reason for the U.S. to stop. Yeah, why would they care if uh, Colombian military leaders uh, steal some money or embezzle some money by massacring a bunch of innocents? If it keeps them happy and you know ship shape, right. so that if it keeps the Colombian government back cartels. Power can stop the FARC-back cartels, which, you know, are not the cartels which align with the U.S. interests. Like, yeah. by the way... Whenever, whenever I go whenever I go to buy my cocaine, I always make sure that it's from the FARC-Colombian cartels. Exactly. I never... Like, the, the, simply, the government stuff is just not as good. What? It's, like, sort of the opposite of weed. What America does in the, quote-unquote, war on drugs is not a drug war in the sense that they're fighting it's against not a war drugs. against it is drugs. a drug war in the fa- in the sense that there are a bunch of cartels and drug manufacturers which are backed by the US and then they use american taxpayer dollars to fund right wing like juntas and these types of weird civilian regimes and direct intervention sometimes in the case of places like panama uh in favor of other cartels and it just gives them greater influence over the region right Uribe was completely backed by the U.S. throughout all of this. Yeah. And, yeah, he was only recently arrested for bribery and witness tampering. He, you know, he allegedly has ties to, like you said, right-wing sort of these weird paramil- right-wing paramilitaries. But, yeah, this is the guy that was engaged in, like, a vote-buying scheme for Duque with a cartel, which was discovered when Nini Hernandez, who's a drug trafficker of and a friend of Duque's, was murdered. And... You know, it, this is how a lot of this is how Colombian society in, in most of the 20th and 21st centuries moved. I mean, FARC funded itself through trafficking. The government made strategic deals with, yeah, like you said, certain other cartels to stop them as well. You know, the USA did, too. And Duque just sort of cut his cut his way into power by manipulating U.S. government, Colombian government, all the various cartels. You know, he he made his way to the top like any other leader in these country in these kinds of countries do they just they figure out who's in play and they they're they're a deals guy Mm -hmm. i mean donald trump would make a great right-wing military junta leader yeah yeah um so now this tax reform right Colombia's broke and the economy's ruined and you have debts to pay to the cartel leaders who got you in power and the ones who maintain your grip on power uh and their wolves are at your door. So what do you do? Well, you can't raise taxes on the rich people, because who are the rich people? They're the people who put you in office, they're cartel leaders, they're the people who you owe money to. So who do you raise taxes on? The poor. Great. Right. It's just a sort of... It's just laying bare how the whole system works. Yeah, I mean, this, exactly. you know, you, you make deals with the powerful to get in power, and then anyone that's, you know, still deluded enough to think that they can change the system from within after relying on those power structures to get where they are instead of just enjoying sort of the the power that it affords them and being a little bit decadent from now and again 
they get quietly dealt with or not so quietly. Like, I'm fine, honestly, honestly, like, being a Canadian, I am fine with a little bit of corruption. I think a little bit of corruption is how society runs. I think that, like, Canada levels of corruption where a charity gives fancy speaking events to the prime minister's mom sometimes right. who care like or the that... aga con gifts you gives you some gifts or you steal some money from the conservative party to send your kids to a nicer school like i don't i don't care like that's that's the oil on the gears of society this is fucking disgusting this is hideous this is yeah i mean mur- massacring 10,000 people so up that to, military up to officers get up uh, yeah i mean reports conflicting reports We'll say between 3,500 and 10,000 yeah. massacred so that military officers in a U.S.-backed regime could get their bonuses. And shoot at the I mean, other cartels. Yeah, I mean, that is... But that's how it has to work abroad. That that can never really come home. I mean, that's what pushes people to leave Colombia. Mm. Because that's how it works. And then they move to the U.S. And, oh, it's so great here, you know? Because I, I would argue living in the U.S. is definitely better than that. I think we talked about this a little bit when we did our episode in Sicario. Right. Like, a, a better world is possible, but the U.S. just won't allow it. Instead, they'll make sure that they're the less, they're the Joe Biden of countries. In what sense? <laughs> that every, they, they suck and they're horrible, but there's an argument to be made that they're the, le- they're, they're the least horrible option. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, at least you have your individual liberties and your 32-ounce sodas. Yeah. Pop, by the way. Um, so Whatever. this is not the first time that uh, Duque has killed a bunch of protesters. Um, in fact, this is not the first time that this... Like, Duque is just a continuation of Uribe. And so this is not the first time that Uribe has, con- has massacred protesters. In 2019 and 2020, hundreds of thousands of Colombians protested generally against Duque, uh, against the backdrop of him pulling out of peace negotiations with the FARC. So yes, Uribe got some military victories over the FARC and then went to do a peace treaty with them. Uh, They signed a peace treaty in Havana in 2016. Since then, the FARC has tried to legitimate itself as a political party that runs for office. And so actually, the sort of FARC-backed candidate was the I mean, one who it, Duque defeated. It's, it's a common it's a common theme in a lot of these um, South American countries that you see the sort of old... I mean, the Sandinistas exist in some respect to this day, yeah. right? A lot of those sort of militias sort of had... They would, would either completely be dissolved and destroyed or they would assimilate themselves into the elections and try and win back power that way. Yeah. Which I wouldn't, I wouldn't say is a, a horrible strategy. I mean, when it's between complete extinction mm. of any organization and having to put your guns down for a little bit and get people to vote for you. Yeah. You know, I want to add definitely more conducive to revolution. I want to add that the Sandinistas are actually still in power in Nicaragua. Yeah. 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 I mean, but what I'm, what I'm saying is they're, they're still around. Yeah. Like they're still a, a political force. Yeah. One way or another, even if they lose an election, they can, you know, win the next things. one. <laughs> assuming. Uh, no U.S. intervention. That yeah, they would have a shot at the next one. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So this peace treaty was signed. Uh, Duque's government regularly breaches it by going into the countryside and you know, killing union leaders, killing leftists, killing indigenous leaders. You know, normal government thing. Um. You know, retired FARC members. Normal things. Uh. 
but also, so, but so Duque has sort of pulled out of the peace deal. Um, he also wanted to continue Uribe's austerity policies, which angered a lot of people. So there were big protests. Seventeen people died. Now these ones are worse. Um, and these protests, yeah, twenty to thirty people are dead, probably more um, than are reported at this point, and also uh, probably going to be more by the time the protests finish. I've seen videos of like dozens of people just like on the ground shot by police. Yeah. I'm sure you have as well. Not pleasant. I've also seen videos of police just sort of wandering the streets in groups shooting at anyone they see. Um, lots of women have been sexually assaulted uh, by police. Journalists are being targeted by them. Um, this is the very definition of democratic backsliding. Because Colombia was developing. Colombia was doing better. You know, they got rid of the biggest cartels, like uh, the Medellin cartels and stuff like that. And society was developing. Wealth and equality was going down. And now this. Right? Like, you want to talk about democratic backsliding. You know, fucking Western libs, China evil, Hong Kong. Right? You know how many people police killed in the Hong Kong protests? None. Nobody was killed by police. Two people died. One of them was definitely killed by protesters, and the other one was probably killed by protesters. Right? Like, there is no reason for a single... And by the way, that's not a defense of China. That's just a defense of treating protesters properly. Oh, well, you, you, oh, well, you said something that wasn't critical of China, mm -hmm. so now I'm just going to sick all of um, Rose and Sock Dem Twitter on you. You know, we're going to get we're going to get Merrick DeVille quote tweeting you and and Vosh in the replies. And you are going to just we're going to have no platform after. this. No, it will be great be because tankies. then all the tankies will come to our defense and then we'll have a different platform. Maybe. But then no, but then we'd have to do all those weird that weird posturing about China. Right. Yeah. And how you can't actually admit any faults of China. Mm. Well, it's, like there's it's sort of like um, it's it's sort of like the basket of deplorables dementia op. Like, that's all it is. It's that they'll defend us, and they'll like us more as a result. And then maybe we can oh, change yeah. some of their minds on some issues. And then and then what we can do is we can start a Patreon, mm. drop out of university, and do this full-time, and then get a radio show. And then get a nice get, little knitted red beret and wear it awkwardly on Twitter and have people make fun of us for it unfairly. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, that's, that's, you know what, if, if I don't, if I don't become a grifter, what was it all what for? What was it all for? No, it's like, I respect grifters. If I don't have enough of a platform to grift, then it was pointless. If you I have... Was, if I don't, if you don't have the opportunity to grift as a leftist at any given opportunity, you're not organizing at a large enough If you have, like, thousands of, like, devoted followers who will, would and you don't, who and would you give don't, you money and you don't, and you take don't the start, opportunity... And you don't start a Fedayeen, like, force against, like, Disney or, and, like, you know. Okay. I was just going to say, if you have, like, companies. committed followers and you don't use the opportunity to take money from them, whether it's through starting a Patreon or starting a podcast or starting an OnlyFans or whatever, I have no respect for you if you do not grift a little bit. Like, we're not yet big enough to grift. I don't think anyone will want to no. pay for this But podcast. rest assured, when the day comes, we will sell out. We will do whatever ad reads anyone wants. We will, we'll, we'll shill for Blue Chew if that's what it's got to come to. Yeah, like 
I have no respect for people who... Also, yeah, I don't think, as a matter of principle, anyone should pay for this podcast. Okay, so we have another thing to talk about today. I mean, it's uh, a bit more cheery. We got some, we got some British elections. I, which, um, I'm actually happy about this. I mean, I look. The mayor of London, uh, Sadiq Khan, is up for re-election, and it looks like he's going to win, which is great. In a landslide. I mean, I remember. Um, a while back he said something that got a lot of like those weird british nationalists like the the bad kind very mm-hmm. very upset um that he said like terrorism is part and parcel of being in a big city when like he's absolutely That's right true. about that like at, at a certain size of gathering you have to expect that there are bad people that will like, try and like kill and injure as many people as they can no one's going to go and try and blow gate. up flasherton ontario yeah, considering people I are gonna didn't go know and target that was London. a town until ten seconds ago. Yeah, yeah, like I, and, yeah, you know, and just, obviously he, I can see why the white nationalists would be pissed off because they don't like terrorism and said it God is a Muslim and whatever. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, look at the Muslim guy saying that, like, you know, because they have the whole narrative of the Great Replacement, which is probably one of the most terrifying things that has been like synthesized and legitimized in like online discourse well even talk the idea well no but what i'm saying is like the fact that there are people out there that will debate like oh yeah if you if you let people immigrate they will over they will take over your country and replace it that's scary it's and it's been it's like to such a degree that it is it's so easy to it's such an easy position to like hide behind almost and it's it's yeah like, no you're oh, right i'm just, like, I'm just looking out for i'm just looking out for my own culture yeah right i'm just looking out for my own way of life which are you know ob- obvious dog whistles, it's like but... no but it's, you're right like it's totally legitimated and all these like weird right wingers like i won't say his name but right the you get shooter uh right you get those guys and you get their talking points that are like preserved by the weird like roman bu- and greek bust profile picture twitter and I'm just saying, oh, we need to, you know, defend our way of life. It's a, it's so gay. Right? And it's... it. It's so gay. <laughs> I mean, fellas, all I'm saying is there's a reason the Greeks made so much olive oil. Why are you guys oh, idolizing them so Okay, much? I mean, that's a bit graphic, but it's true. But also, I mean gay, like, in two ways. One, because I have the right to use gay as a pejorative, I mean it as a pejorative. And two, if you're, like, analyzing statues of, like, incredibly muscular and, like, peak physical ideal men. Yeah, you're, like, you're going through, like, you know, looking up, like, platonic ideal man, and then you, you, you are about to hit enter, and then you hit statue right at the end. You are a homosexual if you do that. You don't realize it yet, but you are. You know what? It's kind of like the Ted Kaczynski thing. How you know he was about to—he was in the waiting room for a psychiatrist for gender dysphoria, and then he became disgusted with himself and left. And then blew up a bunch of people. And yeah, and then you know that was—he said in his manifesto that that is part of what sort of caused him 
he was like, oh, wow, how could I consider doing this to myself? It must be industrial society. It's actually really sad. That actually yeah. that actually makes me really sad. I mean, I guess we can we can now appreciate that it's not like that, that it's it's sort of less frowned upon. Like, we are much less likely to have another Unabomber because of it. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. It's just, it's still, it, it just strikes me as personally tragic because I think he did have gender dysphoria and he probably still does to a certain extent have gender dysphoria and here i go red scaring okay but like if he feels fundamentally out of place in society right like if he feels like he doesn't fit in in the way in which society is like assigned him a role and then his own personal ideologies make him think that's disgusting and he, those feelings don't go away. All it becomes is a rejection of that society, and that rejection of that society comes in as sort of violent eco-anarchism and racism, mm-hmm. right? Like, his rejection of societal gender norms, in a sense, when he couldn't accept those for himself, turned into a rejection of all societal norms, which I think is really sad because it's violent. Um, and I think it all would have been solved if they had just given the man some HRT. Yeah. What do you think he, what do you you think his name would have been? Um, I don't know. I'm thinking of a world where the Unabomber is the first. In a world where the Unabomber was allowed, was allowed to, (laughs) written by Aaron Sorkin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tessa Kaczynski mm. um, in the middle of a, of a debate is misgendered and launches into a six minute speech about how they're actually disrespecting the troops and the flag by doing that to thunderous applause Senator, this country was founded on freedom you know the words man or woman don't appear once in the declaration of independence they actually do but whatever I don't care that would no, but that is the kind of thing that Sorkin would get oh, wrong. Yeah. That oh yeah, I, I'm now vividly. What would it be called? It would be called something like really transphobic. No no no, no. I got the Unabomb her. Oh no, that's more you, like a Clinton you... campaign thing. I think Sorkin would be a little bit if, more if, self-aware. If, if Hillary Clinton had been Secretary of State or like directing the CIA, that would have been. And then she went on to rant, like when she if. It, if she would have done that and then gone on to run for president, the Trump campaign would have run like a Unabomb her campaign. You know, she was Secretary of State and then did go on to run for president, right? No, but yeah, I know she was Secretary of State, but I mean, if she was Secretary of State or Director of CIA or one of those like real demon positions when uh, the Unabomber was active. Oh, when, oh I see. The Unabomb her. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Um, yeah. Anyways. So... Tomorrow, as of recording this episode, I guess probably today when you get it, and May the 6th, if you're listening in the future, which why would you? Yeah. Our back, our, our episodes are best enjoyed fresh. It's like sushi. Yeah. Is Super Thursday in the UK, which is a series, it's basically the second best thing to a general election. Um, so... All across England, you've got all sorts of council elections, elections for things like mayor, city councils, stuff like that. 
uh, and then in Scotland and Wales, where they have their own devolved parliaments, um, you have elections for those. Uh, which is exciting. It's nice, you know? Looking forward to it. So, uh, we are going to talk about some polling. Uh, we do a little polling. It's called We Do a Little Polling. That's exactly it. Oh, did you hear that he's going to get his own, like, blog? Oh, I'm so... I mean, doesn't he already have it? No, but, like, he's going to get a blog, and it's going to look exactly like Twitter, except it's just going to be him. Are you kidding me? And, like, you can like and comment on his stuff, but it's just... See, I think think that they need to... Like, if, if it were up to me and I were director of the CIA, I would definitely, like, attempt to wipe, like, post-2014 from Trump's memory. Like, I know that, you know, you can... They, you can wipe memories from someone and it's disputed whether or not you can make them forget about the process of them being wiped. Like, make them... The MK Ultra guy said that make he them could forget. implant and make them forget. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Implant a memory and make them forget. But what I'm saying is, like... If we could somehow just, like, yeah, let Trump fire off his, like, Graydon Carter tweets. Okay, imagine this. on, like, his own platform for the, until he dies. Like, that would, that is ideal. You, I think everyone involved, everyone involved is happy. Because the hogs still get to hear from their guy. I figured it would work We get us. content. The libs realize that he can't do anything else political. He doesn't have enough time left to be radicalized again. I figured it out. A workaround. Okay. You implant okay. the idea. This is like Inception. You implant the idea that every memory he has had since 2014 was implanted. All right, we got it. I mean, the, there's nothing that can go wrong here. Um, you know, the only issue would be um, keeping the Secret Service agents um, up to date. We'd have to have some sort of permanent, like, you just have a guy um, in charge, like, of almost it. like the. Almost like the terracotta soldiers, how they're, they're going to be buried with him. I mean, the, the guys that know have to take it to their grave. Yeah. Because no one can tell him. Yeah. No one can try to. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, back to Britain. Uh, we're going to start with England because it's the most boring. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, as we talked about, Labour Mayor Sadiq Khan is up for re-election. He looks like he's going to sweep. Uh, it looks like it's going to be one of the worst conservative defeats in London uh for a long time um so notably uh this is something i found kind of funny i saw uh so Sadiq khan polls at 49 percent but i also saw a poll uh of londoners saying do you think Sadiq khan has done a good job or a bad job while he's been mayor uh 46 percent say he's done a good job as opposed to 42% who say he's done a bad job and the rest don't know. Which means that 3% of Londoners say Sadiq Khan has done a bad job and are going to vote for him anyways. Which tracks. That absolutely tracks. I mean, again, from what I know of British politics, we hate this guy, but he's our guy. Yeah, it could be. And unless someone runs an incredibly good campaign, it is very hard to beat an incumbent in the United, or in the United Kingdom. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute, too. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, actually, let's talk about that now. So, elsewhere, Hurtlepool. There's been a lot of talk about Hurtlepool, which is a town in the UK, which is a labor stronghold. Um, it's in the borough of Hurtlepool, which is, if I, uh, am remembering correctly, it's in the northeast, I think. 
Yes, it's in the northeast uh, of of England, um, and so uh, big big uh, beach town. Not in the sense of people like to go to the beach because it's northern England. Why the hell would you want to go to the beach? But rather. Uh, I guess more of a marina town where they do fishing and uh, naval manufacturing and stuff like that. Um, it is a labor stronghold. Um, and uh, it's basically been apart for five years in uh, the 60s. Uh, labor since the riding was created uh, in terms of representation in Westminster. Um Apart, but uh, it looks like labor is going to be destroyed in the um, council elections there. Um, for the most part, uh, yeah. So, so this is kind of interesting. So, the polling actually shows that labor is going to pick up uh, and and do well, pick up steam from the from the conservatives in England, except for like some of labor some labor strongholds. Um, which is kind of interesting, and it sort of suggests that Labour is becoming the party of urbanites, and Tories are becoming a party of right-wing urbanites and working-class people in small towns. I don't know. In a, in a democracy, um, I'm sure you can simply hang on by the people in the cities. I mean, it worked so well for the Democrats in 2016. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh. I mean, you get half the people in the cities, and you get none of the people out in the country. Surely, that's got to work out for you. Exactly. It's going to work great. So, um, England is interesting. Uh, Labour is picking up steam there, though. Um, because Britain is densely populated, right? Like, London is huge. Um, and London is incredible Labour stronghold at the moment. Um, London couldn't carry uh, an election, but it could decide it, right? Um... And so most polls now show that the Tory lead over Labour has narrowed to five points, except for one outlier, which is a YouGov poll, which shows it at 11 points lead, um, which is a lot. It's not enough to win an election despite popular vote uh, loss, um, like has been done, um, not by Labour, though, but it if the Tories are losing steam, uh, that could be bad. Um, but things are more optimistic for them than it would seem, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but I, I do find it kind of interesting, sort of the way things are turning out. I think that even if the Tories lose ground, especially in England, uh, this election is going to be a triumphant one for them, which will give them some support. They've had some scandals recently. I think we talked about them. There was the one about who's funding Boris Johnson's renovations to number 10, uh, and then he allegedly never proven, said he'd prefer to let a lot of people die than go into lockdown again last fall. Um, but overall, people are pretty happy, for example, with his vaccine program. So, mixed bag. Um, but if they get even marginal victories uh, in Scotland and Wales, then they will... I think, be reinforced in England um, because nobody wants to keep the union together more than England. English nationalism is not really a thing in the UK. Obviously, there's nationalism in Northern Ireland. Obviously, there's nationalism in Scotland. Obviously, there's nationalism in Wales. Uh, not really in England. 
um, I think the only place where there's less nationalism than in England is in Cornwall um, or the Falkland Islands. Um, so I think that's kind of interesting. But the big one, the big thing is Scotland um, because I'm sure you've all heard that we are, well, we, Britain is on the verge or has been on the verge of Scottish independence for a few months maybe a year, since Brexit, right? Um, so the facts behind this. Uh, Britain voted for Brexit. Scotland did not. 62% of Scottish people voted to remain um, and were carried out by the fact that England is just, like, significantly larger than them. The population of Scotland is about 6 million. The population of England is about 60. Um, so, you know. Um... Also, the pandemic initially did not go well in Britain, so the Scottish nationalism got a boost there, um, but for stupid reasons, because uh, the ruling party in Scotland, their Nationalist Party, has done absolutely terribly in COVID. They've got the highest rates per person. Um, and But in any case, this election was always sort of going to be the true meter of, of Scottish nationalism and, and how it does. It's really important. Um, and so uh, it's... How the Scottish National Party does in this election sort of determines whether or not there will be a referendum. And funnily enough, um, the worse they do, the more likely there is going to be a referendum. Because uh, Boris Johnson... It, cause, so they, the last time that a referendum was in 2014, uh, and it was defeated substantially. Uh, they won another referendum because of Brexit or whatever, even though they said it was once in a generation. Um, but it would serve Boris Johnson no better, first of all, as a boost to him than to defeat a Scottish independence referendum. But also, if you get two failed referendums in seven years, that's pretty embarrassing and will set the movement back a yeah. long time. Um, so if, like, the Scottish National Party will, I guess, win, quote-unquote, by getting the most seats, that's guaranteed. Uh, simply because they've got a unified field, whereas unionists do not. Uh, and if you're a Scottish nationalist, you vote for the SNP, or maybe you vote for the, for the Green Party. Well, you vote for the Green Party if you don't care. If you're a nationalist, you vote uh, for the SNP. If you're a unionist, you vote for Labour, or the Conservatives, or the Liberal Democrats. So, you know, a split field versus a unified field. Um, and we're going to talk about the polling in a minute. But yeah, it doesn't actually look good for the SNP. Uh, it doesn't look like they will get a majority. Um, they might get a majority of pro-independent seats because Green Party is also ostensibly pro-independent. But the SNP itself will not get a majority. Um, so, some polling. The most recent accurate polling I've seen um, on independence uh, is this. Uh, no, 50%. Yes, 42%, and undecided, 8%. Now, you see that that undecided could basically carry the election to a very close victory or defeat for either side. Um, but it's more likely that people who are undecided come the referendum day will not vote. Um, so, without voting, people who would vote to remain in the United Kingdom is 54%, and people who would vote to leave it are, 50, are 46%, which is basically exactly where it was in 2014. As for, um, so, uh, polling for, uh, Holyrood, which is the Scottish Parliament, uh, again, it, it sort of says what I've been talking about. So, the way you vote, uh, there is you've got constituencies, sort of like any other Canadian system or parliamentary system, where you vote on 
small regions, then you've also got sort of a list seat or like regional seats where you list uh, your favorite parties in a region. Um, and this is where, because you can rank, uh, this is where smaller parties get in. Um, so constituency to intention, uh, so Scottish National Party is 42%, down three. Conservative Party is 25%, up two. Labour Party is 22%, down one. And the Liberal Democrats are up 1%, are, are at 8%, up one. So that, uh, that polling says that independence, uh, pro-independence parties are at 42%, down three. Uh, and the Union parties are at 55%, up two. Now, of course, that doesn't include the lists. So the lists, uh, SNP are at 34%, down two. Conservatives are at 23%, up one. Labour are at 19%, which is the same. The Green Party is at 9%. Sorry, Labour Party is at 19%. Uh, Green Party is at 9%, down one. And the Lib Dems are at uh, 6%, up one. So that tells you that uh, on the list intention, because the Green Party is included, that puts Independence at 53%, down three. And Unionist Party is at 48%, up one. Um... If this was translated directly to seats, you would be left with 62 SNP seats, uh, 30 uh, Conservative seats, 22 Labour seats, 9 Green seats, 6 Lib Dem seats, and 1 other seat, which gives uh, pro-independence parties no majority but 71 seats and Union parties 58. But uh, according to actual regional polling, it actually is going to look more like 68 seats for uh, uh, pro-independence parties and 61 for pro-union parties. Um, which is not enough because, uh, as I talked about, um, the independence polling out polls, uh, or sorry, under polls, uh, the independence parties, it's actually kind of a fine result. Um, I think it would be very funny to see the first government formed in, in Scotland to be a conservative labor, liberal Democrat. Uh, oh yeah, coalition government. Just everyone who wanted out, and then they fight it out. Like, like they just absolutely slug it out once they're independent. Well, I mean, that would be just an SNP Green coalition, which is also possible. Uh, what happens now is that the SNP are a minority government, supported on like confidence votes and stuff by the Greens. Um, but I think it would be very funny to see a, a unionist coalition minority government. Um, I think that would be incredibly funny. Um, so things are better for the Union. I think things are pretty good. Things look good for the Union in Scotland, and I think that, uh, you know, I saw, I read an article in the Globe and Mail absolutely gaslighting, talking about how this election was, like, the death knell for the United Kingdom. Um, but it's not. Like, even if things, that, the election goes exactly like that, it's actually a very good result for Unionist parties. Um, yeah. In Wales, things are even better. So at the moment, uh, Wales is governed by Labour uh, with uh, Plaid Cymru, which is the Welsh Independence Party, uh, in second. They're sort of like a social democratic pro-independence party, like the SNP. Um, at the moment, though, the polls show that Labour is on top. They're going to keep power. The Tories are in second, and Plaid Cymru is going to be in third. Uh, apart from one dip where the Tories were in first with Labour in second, and another dip where Plaid Cymru was in second with the Tories in third, it has held like that basically since polling started shortly after the 2016 elections. Regional polls show the same. So seat uh, projections uh, show that Labour will have between 22 and 30 seats, uh, 
the Conservatives will have between thir 13 and 19 seats. Play Khmeri will have between 10 and 17 seats. Um, Abolish Party, which is not included about uh, half of polls, will have two to five seats. So the Abolish Party are a party who wants to abolish the Welsh Parliament. Um, so essentially, Wales, there are a bunch of parliaments in the UK. There's Westminster, which is sort of like their national parliament. And then Wales also has its own parliament, kind of like provincial parliament, uh, which is fairly recent development. Um, and <clears throat> Abolish would like to have uh, the Welsh, uh, um, the Welsh Parliament abolished in favor of going back to Westminster, just ruling it. And then the Liberal Democrats would have one potential outliers. Reform UK, which is the new name of the Brexit Party, may win a seat, which is unlikely. And UKIP may win a seat, which is not oh, likely, but I also it, not unlikely. They need to, they need to bring back Nigel. Yeah. He's, uh, that man needs to be saved from cameo before his brain. What's that guy, uh, Hideki? The guy that made the music for Jet Set Radio. A tip um, for Vouch. Stay out of teenagers' DMs. No good will come of it. Um, I think, yeah, I think what's, it's incredible. What's the guy? I'm trying to find the guy's name. Um... Hideki Naganuma, who's the guy that had, like, that Among Us. He's got, like, the orange and black profile picture, but he, it was, like, F Peter from Family Guy for a while, and then it was, like, an Among Us character. And he, like, learns English from Twitter. And so people will just spam him with, like, Family Guy funny moments compilations. That's what they used to do. And then they started spamming him with Among Us memes. But, like, I think, you know they need Nigel to like stop being on going on cameo, getting his brain poisoned by those kinds of people and just give him like a job again. Mm. Most of his cameos are him wishing happy birthday to like middle-aged, uh, Southern England guys. Dorothy, Dorothy Chiltington. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so, I think, yeah, so UKIP winning a seat is not likely. It's also not unlikely. I give it a 50 50. Um, yeah. You know that Count Dankula guy is also a UKIP member? Really? Yeah. Was he the guy that had his pug do a Nazi salute? And got convicted of a hate crime for it? Yeah. Yeah. I think That's he shouldn't crazy. have been convicted for a hate crime, but I also think that he's just a weirdo and should have been put in prison, anyways. Just for being a yeah. weirdo. He should have been he should have been put in prison by the, the People's Revolutionary Vanguard. Well, look, he, he self describes as a libertarian, so you want to preemptively put him in prison before he talks to any right. children. Put him on a registry, like yeah, preemptive. We need a libertarian registry exactly. is what you're saying. So yeah, um possible governments of Scotland and Wales. I mean Labour is going to win in Wales, uh, but the Tories will be official opposition. Which is nice for somebody who wants to see the union survive. Nicholas Sturgeon, I think it's unlikely. Nicholas Sturgeon may be out as first minister. I think that um, unless Labour and the Conservative Party are like already in negotiations to form a government, Nicholas Sturgeon will remain as first minister of Scotland. Um, 
but I think that she will be severely weakened, especially because, as we've talked about, the pro-independence movement is starting to fracture. There's another party called ALBA, which is basically no different than the SNP. Uh, it's just got different people for personality reasons. It's basically the SNP for people who don't like Nicola Sturgeon. Um, and it is growing rapidly. Um, I don't think it's going to win any seats. It might win one or two constituency votes. Um, but it is likely that Nicola Sturgeon will remain uh, reduced in power as First Minister of Scotland. And that's all I've got yeah. for you. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all. We got a bit of uh, some wonkery with regards to UK politics. Oh, if she, if she wins a majority, I have to be punished in some way. I'll just admit it. I'll admit it on Twitter. Just air it out. Yeah. Air it out. Um, but yeah, I think um, I realized that we kind of forgot to do our this is our this is your Juno at the, at the top of the show. But um, who care? I mean, we look. We got a good riff going. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything to plug. I mean, uh, follow us on Twitter, I guess. At Juno Beach Pod. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, I think that's about yeah. it for this week. Uh, I've been Declan. I've been Malcolm. Thank you so much for listening.